What messages does the Lord have in these scripture readings for fathers? When I prepare my homily for Father's Day weekend each year, that's the question I always reflect on for reasons that should be obvious. Now, I will admit, when I did that this past week in preparation for this Sunday's liturgies, my very first reaction was to think, gee, there's not much here. Which is always the wrong reaction to have when you read sacred scripture. Because God always speaks to us through his word, either when the scriptures are proclaimed here at Mass, or when we read the Bible privately in our prayer time. The problem is our spiritual ears aren't always open, as mine weren't open the other day, at least initially. But I spent some time with three passages. I reflected on them, thought about them, prayed over them for a while. And I came to realize at last that the Lord actually has a number of important things to say to fathers through these texts. And that includes spiritual fathers as well as natural fathers. Take, for example, that first reading from the book of Job. Most of us know at least the outline of Job's story. He was a good man, a very good man, a righteous man, Scripture says, who had one really bad day. It was a doozy. He lost pretty much everything. He lost all of his cattle. His animals were either stolen or killed. All his children died when the house that they were in collapsed on them during a terrible windstorm. And Job lost his health. He was afflicted with a horrible skin disease that caused these painful boils to appear all over his body. And Job knew in his heart of hearts that he had not done anything seriously wrong. Three of his friends come on the scene and they offer him some really rotten counsel and advice. They tell him that he must have done something to bring all of this evil upon himself and that he'll be able to figure it out if he just thinks about it for a good long time. But Job continues to assert his innocence. And in the midst of his pain and suffering and frustration, he finally cries out to God, demanding to know why he's been allowed to suffer all these things. And in chapter 38 of the book of Job, which is where today's first reading comes from, God gives him an answer, although it's not the answer that Job is looking for. The answer goes on for several chapters, and in it, God basically says to Job, Who are you? Who are you, little man? And what do you know? Don't you realize that there are some things in this life that you will never fully understand? Because you don't have the capacity with your finite human mind to fully understand them. That was basically God's answer. What an important lesson for fathers to teach their children. This is crucial. I was speaking to Father Mike Sisko this week as a pastor up in Pawtucket. He told me about a funeral mass that he had said the previous Saturday for an 18-year-old girl from his parish who had died suddenly and unexpectedly while exercising not the way you expect an 18-year-old to die. 
She was a former altar server of his, who was known as a really nice girl, a girl who donated a lot of her time to charitable causes. And her death remains a mystery, because the medical examiner could not find a reason why she collapsed and died as she did. How do you make sense of that? How do you make sense of something like this when it happens? The answer is, you don't. And young people need to know that. They need to be taught, first and foremost by their fathers and mothers, that some things in this life are mysteries and will always remain mysteries, at least on this side of the grave. But we can know all that we need to know. As human beings, we can know all that we need to know in order to attain the goal of this earthly life, which of course is eternal salvation in God's heavenly kingdom. This is also something that fathers need to teach to their children, lest their children lose their way and despair in the midst of all the things in this life that they will not be able to understand. That's why our second reading from 2 Corinthians is so appropriate for Father's Day, because it reminds fathers, and the rest of us as well, of the core of the gospel message, which is, of course, the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Savior. I ask you, fathers, how often do you talk to your children about Jesus? How often do you talk to them about the truths of their Catholic faith, truths that will help them to navigate their way through this sometimes difficult and often very confusing life? They need you to do that. They desperately need you to do that. There's another message for dads in that reading. It comes specifically in these lines, where St. Paul says, Jesus indeed died for all, so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised, so that they, your children, might live for him, not for you, dad, or for you, mom but for him, for Jesus Christ. Your role as Christian parents is to help your children to know and love and serve the Lord in this life and to encourage them to do what God wants them to do in their lives, not what you as parents might want them to do. What you want them to do with their lives and what God wants them to do might be the same thing. That's wonderful when it happens, but it might not be the same thing. And in the latter instance, a good Christian father needs to yield to the Heavenly Father. Always. This truth, by the way, applies to spiritual fathers as much as it applies to natural fathers. You know, because we've had so many vocations to the priesthood and religious life from our parish and community in recent years, I know there are some people out there who think that I, yours truly, put pressure on young people to enter the seminary and the convent. I do not. I don't even discuss the subject, usually, unless the young person wants to talk about it. But what I do tell young people is that they need to prayerfully discern 
what God wants them to do in their lives, and then they need to follow that plan. Because what matters most in this life is discovering the will of God and carrying it out. The will of Father Ray is irrelevant. The will of other human beings is ultimately irrelevant as well. All that I've said thus far is, in a certain sense, summed up in this gospel story of Jesus and the apostles on the Sea of Galilee. And the message here for dads is, make sure Jesus Christ is in your boat. And then do your best, your very best, to get him into the boats of your children. It says here in this text that the apostles took Jesus with them in the boat. Had they not done that, and had they not cried out to Jesus in their distress, they might have died in the storm that night. I've been to the Sea of Galilee in Israel. It's really a big lake. But they say that storms come up very quickly and unexpectedly a lot of times. That's what obviously happened here. And they can be very severe. So they might have died had they not had Jesus with them there, and had they not cried out to him. We take Jesus into our boat, that is to say our life, and we keep him there when we build a strong personal relationship with him that's rooted in baptism and that's nourished by prayer and the sacraments. And if we make the mistake, and it can happen, of throwing Jesus overboard, so to speak, of putting him out of our boat by committing a serious sin, we can always get him back in by simply making a good sacramental confession. I ask you fathers this morning, are you doing these things in your own personal lives? Do your children ever see you pray? Do you, do you lead your children in prayer by bringing them to Mass? Every weekend, every holy day, do you lead them in prayer by saying grace before meals? Do you set an example for them by getting to confession regularly, even if you don't have a serious sin on your soul? If they can see that Jesus Christ is truly present in your boat, in other words, if they can see that you're building a strong personal relationship with the Lord in your life, a relationship through which you are finding the strength you need to face the storms of your life, if they can see all of that, chances are, chances are, They'll follow your example, which will make all the difference in the world in terms of how successfully they will deal with the trials and the difficulties and the storms of their lives. And we all have those to deal with. I'd like to end my homily now by, first of all, apologizing to the Lord for thinking that he had not provided any messages for dads today in these three scripture readings. Father Ray should know better after being at this for about 30 years. And then I also want to ask him to bless all the fathers here present by giving us the grace we need to live these messages faithfully. And I ask all of you who are not fathers to join me in making this request. Because if we dads actually do live these messages faithfully, you, and especially you young people, will be the primary beneficiaries.